Yo, what is the upskies, everybody? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the GX HockeyCast, episode number six. We're already at episode number Swix. Uh, six. Six. God damn it, number six. Um, obviously, we are in the midst of the off season. Uh, we're starting to get into that really slow news week kind of situation, so I got a special uh, thing planned for today's episode. We are going to be revisiting the 03-04 Toronto Maple Leafs uh, team season, the year that was. Uh, why? Because that was my first full-on season as me being a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, so I'm going to go through what I remember of that team, uh, some things that, some stories that I remember, and I'm going to go off and we're going to look through the roster. We're going to talk about some of the stories that came out of that year. We're going to look back at some of the big trades that they made that year because that Toronto Maple Leaf team was all in. They were going for it. They were 100% a Stanley Cup contender that year. And uh, they made some big acquisitions, but before we get to the meat and potatoes of this episode, we do have a few uh, a few stories to get to. It was a slow news week, not a lot coming out. Uh, obviously, in the last episode, we talked about the the massive, probably the biggest trade we've seen in like 20, 25 years. Uh, Jonathan Huberdeau traded to the Calgary Flames along with Mackenzie Weger. I'm not going to forget about you, Weege. Even though people aren't giving you the respoink online, they're just like, oh yeah, we got Huberdeau. And it's like, you also got Weger, bro. Like, Weger's a really fucking good player. So, I uh, just want to see more, more respoink on his name out there for poor Mackenzie Weger. And then obviously, Kachuk going to Florida... Uh, over since since uh, the dust is cleared a little bit, um, it's coming out more and more that everyone appears to be on Team Calgary here. They won the trade according to the internet. They won everything. Even if the Huberto and uh, Mackenzie Weger decide not to resign, people are still thinking that this is a good trade for the Calgary Flames. And uh, Huberto has come out and said that he is interested in re-signing with the team and so has Mackenzie Weger so I mean they kind of have to say that uh you know they're to a new team and you you don't want to make a bad impression by me like I don't, don't want to fucking sign here I fucking hate this place and then you gotta play a really awkward year so you know he's probably he probably has to say that but he could absolutely mean it I mean he is Canadian Jonathan Huberto and um, I, I think he's going to look so fucking sharp in a Calgary Flames jersey. I'm not going to lie. I think he's going to look really tasty in that. Well, I mean, he's already been wearing red in Florida for so much longer. And the Calgary Flames have like, oh man, I love their jersey so goddamn much. They've had so many awesome freaking styles and all that shit. I just, uh, I really need to go out and get myself one of those. Okay, so... Uh, we'll start out with some of the signings. There weren't very many signings at all. Most of these are just minor league deals, so we're just going to fly through this. Uh, Boston Bruins signed Studnika, two years, $1.5 million total. Uh, Morgan Geeky signed, re-signs with Seattle. I'm not going to... I was all in on the Seattle train at the beginning of the year when, you know, last year, their first season. I wanted to be a fan of Seattle, and now I fucking hate Seattle. You want to know why? You want to know why? Krubauer fucking Pooh Bauer. Dude, now it's not even like, it was because I drafted this guy in fantasy, okay? And um, I uh, I have um, some prestige in this fantasy league, okay? It's my work league, okay? And um, I was the first ever champion in that league, all right? Okay? Put some respect on my name. Put some respect on my name. And I've never missed playoffs in the four years that I've been in this league. And uh, because of Pooh Bauer, I missed. And uh, I have never gotten as angry 
watching a team that wasn't the Toronto Maple Leafs as I did watching the Seattle Kraken. I believe they were playing the Philadelphia Flyers. And every shot that the Flyers took, it just went in right through Grubauer. He didn't even, didn't even look like he tried. And I legitimately was fucking furious because... My, my my save percentage and my goals against were going fucking bananas and 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 I was pissed and my wife came in she's like what are you watching I'm she's like the Leafs losing I'm like odd scarily enough I'm not even watching the Leafs right now so that was the last um, Seattle game I ever watched and uh, yeah um, fuck they pissed me off last year man I I put a lot of eggs in that basket which. Yep, that was a bad move. That was a very bad move. I should not have done that. But uh, I remember uh, in their first opening game, their very first game, before I hated them, I remember Morgan Geeky score- scoring a fucking sickening bar down, just ripperoni, top cheese, fucking disgusting. And then he proceeded to do virtually nothing for the rest of the year. Uh, there was a lot of, you know... People were kind of hoping that this guy would break out in a style of, like, William Carlson style in, in Vegas. Now, I don't think anyone was expecting him to score, like, 40, 45 goals. But they're expecting him maybe now that he gets, like, a top six opportunity, he could, like, break out. And he just didn't. But going back to Seattle for one year, $1.4 million, very low risk. Um, so here I'm just going to list off every minor league deal that was just signed. So 750 k Let's rifle them all off. Cal- uh, Carolina Hurricanes sign Legison one year. Uh, Chicago signs Robinson. I don't know who the fuck that is. One year. Uh, Michael Ketney. I I like this player. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I I I don't know. Like I haven't looked into this player. All I know is that he's a fantasy darling for me. He just puts up a lot of hits, a lot of shots. He gets points. Um, I'm a little super- like I don't know why this guy isn't like clicking. Like whenever he's in the lineup, he seems to be really good. Um, there's probably underlying numbers, like maybe he's not good defensively or some shit. But all I know is that whenever this dude's like hopping into the roster, s- same with him and Del Zotto for some reason. Like the guys don't play a lot of minutes. I know Del Zotto's not that great of a defenseman, but when they're in there, dude, they fucking battle. Like you can tell they're fighting for their job because you look at their stat lines when they finally do get into a game. It's like five shots, six hits, a few blocks. Like they're they're engaged. So. I like Michael Kempney, a very low-risk signing, you know, league men, so I'm, I'm cool with that. Uh, Trevor Carrick, I believe, one year with Tampa Bay. Robert Haig, one year with the Detroit Red Wings. Howerlook, one year with the Ottawa Senators. There's my boy Ryan Dezingle. He's going back to Carolina for one year. That's That should be fine. And uh, now we got a couple of the higher deals, I guess. We got uh, Lunderstrom re-signing uh, with the Anaheim Ducks. You got a $3.6 million total. Two years, $1.8 million. Uh, let's take a look at this guy. I don't really, I don't recall this guy. Okay, it was not a bad season. 80 games, 16 goals, which is all right. 13 assists, eh, you know. He's young, though. He's only 22, so, you know. That's uh, that's kind of deal you get. Okay, let's look for the other big ones. So here's the one big one that got signed. I haven't heard, like, a lot of people talking about it kind of an under radar but when i saw this one pop i was like whoa whoa oh 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 over here over there so okay i just want to get his first name right here okay jonas siegenhaller uh signs a five-year deal worth 17 million dollars uh 3.4 million dollars per season so why did this guy get paid now i haven't heard much about this guy before but word on the street is this guy is one of the better defensive defenseman in the NHL right now now what does that mean I mean 
when you think of a defensive defenseman, it's kind of a dying art in the NHL. There's not too many of them. And on top of that, they never get the respect, you know, besides the, the, uh, fuck with the two guys in, in, uh, New York Islanders, uh, Pollock and Pellick, those two dudes, uh, they got paid recently. Now those dudes are like probably one, a one B best defensive defensemen in the game. Like they're very, very good. But uh, again, I've never watched this guy play. I just heard online that he's a very, very good defensive defenseman. He's still fairly, he's still pretty young, as far as I can tell. Uh, let's just take a look here. He's only 25 years old, so as long as he, you know, that's the great thing. Like, as long as you can rely on that defensive ability, that can go a really long way. So, it's, it is, I think it's a little bit steep at 3.4, but again, I don't watch the New Jersey Devils, and I, I don't know if a lot of people actually do right now, but um, I'm optimistic for the New Jersey Devils uh, in their future. I mean, things are looking really good so far. I know last year was a fucking disaster. Didn't really go uh, according to plan, but I mean, the team is still really young, and there's, there's still a lot of room for improvement. Now, I don't expect them to be making playoffs this year. Uh, that would be that would be sh nothing short of a miracle. You would need another COVID to happen or something like that for, uh, for that to happen. But um, yeah, man. I mean, they have the they have the money to spend now. Uh, so you know, maybe this guy it could be a really good deal in the long run, or it could kind of blow up in their face. So we'll have to wait and see on that one. That one just popped out to me when I saw it. I was like, wow, that was. Uh, I didn't. Ex I just never. I didn't ever expect. I didn't. I, yeah, I was really blown away. I didn't know where this guy was playing. I was like, I know this name, but I don't know what the fuck is going on. Why do you get so much money and so much term? All right, and just a couple uh, minor uh, stories going around right now. I mean, they're not really big, but um, the San Jose Sharks hired a new coach, David Quinn. Okay, I mean, uh, their last coach kind of sucked. I don't even remember his name. I'm sorry, San Jose people out there. Uh, did you know his name? Do you care? I mean, now you get David Quinn, so a slight upgrade. We'll see. I, again, I'm not expecting a lot out of San Jose this year. I know that the, the franchise themselves think that they're still like a playoff contender and could even compete for a Stanley Cup, but I think that ship is so far gone now. I think they should be focusing on rebuild right now, and uh, I mean, the fact that they got, got rid of the Brett Burns contract, I mean, that, that screams, you know, the start of a rebuild retool to me. So uh, they still got to get out of a lot of ugly, ugly contracts in that in that system over there in San Jose. You got Eric Carlson deal. You got the Vlasic deal. Uh, who else is over there? Enough. There's enough of bad deals over there. I mean, Logan Couture makes a lot of money. He's still good, though. Hurdles over there. He had a really nice year, finally. I mean, goddamn, I've been waiting for that guy to pop off for so long, and he finally did. I was like, yes, I knew he could do it. I knew he was going to be awesome. Okay, some news coming out of the Los Angeles Kings. I was going to say Lakers for a hot second. Uh, Dustin Brown is getting his number 23 retired, so congratulations to Dustin Brown. He just re uh, recently retired this uh, past season. Uh, used to be captain of the LA Kings through their Stanley Cup runs. Won two, two Stanley Cups with the LA Kings. I uh, don't think this guy would be a Hall of Famer, but a very solid career. I know he took like a massive dip there and got his captaincy stripped away and like it looked like his career was over but he rebounded really nicely he came back and had more solid seasons i mean not the old dustin brown but he was still a very a solid nhl player uh i i was a fan of dustin brown i, I loved his hitting um yeah dude he was just uh he's just a battler out there like definitely not a guy you would want to be in a seven game series with so again congratulations to dustin brown on a very a very nice career and i'm happy that you got your cups so good for you 
and you're getting your number retired. So that's pretty intense. I don't think there's been very, very many numbers retired there in LA. So that's good. I mean, and obviously, I mean, with, with, if, if, holy fuck, come on, get it out. I'm okay. I'm okay. If, um, Dustin Brown's getting his number raised, then you would have to imagine that Kopitar and more than likely Dowdy and Quick would all get theirs raised as well. I don't know. I, I, I can't see why not. Okay, and the last piece of news that I wanted to touch on is that uh, reports coming out from Chicago that Jonathan Taves is not liking the fact that they're going into a rebuild. Uh, we already kind of known that, but he's making it known even more so yet again that he's not into this. So are we going to see these guys get traded? I mean... You would think, right? Like, the story going around is that, you know, wh why Chicago's been throwing out, you know, they got rid of Debrinca, they got rid of Kirby Doc, they got rid of a bunch of the younger guys first, and there were, people were, like, speculating that they were doing that so it can kind of convince Patrick Kane and or Jonathan Taves to persuade them to uh, be more open, maybe, to getting dealt, uh shit like that uh, it sounds like they're trying to kick these guys out of the door which you know is extremely disrespectful considering what those two have done for the city of chicago i mean they brought them their first cup in fucking like 60 years they turned that team into you know it's it's not a dynasty a full-on dynasty but you know what three cups in five years something like that an incredible run incredible players they uh patrick kane and jonathan Taves. uh brought life back into that dying team i mean before those two showed up it was almost an empty building man there was like three thousand people going to chicago blackhawks games like really really bad situation and considering they're uh, an original six team like that was really alarming so now like how many fucking outdoor games have they gotten since that like it was almost like guaranteed copy and paste okay chicago blackhawks outdoor game versus fill in the blank they got so many outdoor games so yeah i mean their day the day always comes when you're when you're successful for a very long time the the you know the gr the grim reaper is going to come knocking you know all those all those draft picks you spent all those prospects you dealt away and then in chicago's case a lot of those like really you look at hindsight those really rough deals that they did i mean the brandon sod for panarin i mean that alone really really set them back and i'm not saying that brandon sod is a bad player but Panarin dude that's there's no comparison I mean Panarin's one of the best players in the game and uh the chemistry that he and Kane had I just I don't get it man I, I still don't understand that trade uh, at that time it seemed like the the prisoners were running the asylum like we had reports coming out that Jonathan Taves and and Kane had a lot of influence uh to the GM making some of these deals so I don't know it just seems like it's going to be uh it could be leading down to a really ugly breakup here for Jonathan Taves. I would say more so Jonathan Taves because he's been much, much more vocal about this throughout the whole situation. I don't know what he's expecting. Um, uh, thankfully, like I think they both only have one more year on those deals at $10 million per. Now, Patrick Kane, in my opinion, is still a $10 million player. He's fucking phenomenal. Like You put him on a contending team, a playoff team, not Chicago, dude will be uh, putting up 100 points easily. No problem. And he's still putting up over a point a game on that that really bleak Chicago team. So I still think Patrick Kane is worth uh, a lot. I think he still holds a lot of value uh, to, to be traded. Uh, Jonathan Taves, though, on the other hand, oh, not so much. Even like, even if you if Chicago retains fifty percent on Jonathan Taves, I mean, that's still $5 million. Do I consider Jonathan Taves a $5 million player? I mean, with the intangibles, with the leadership and the defensive abilities and his face-offs, 
ah, sure. But what kind of team is going to, you know, what kind of contending team out there right now, especially with the whole salary cap, like everyone's fucked on salary cap right now. Like, don't even get me started. And like, I don't know what team would be able to do something like that. Maybe Chicago can work out a three-team deal where there's double retention. I have no idea where that's going to go. All I know is that I, I got my eyes on Chicago. Something's bound to happen. People are predicting that these, if not one of them, both of them are going to be gone by this season. Uh, before We don't know if it's going to happen over the summer here or if it's going to happen mid-season. We don't know. All I know is that, you know, uh, I can't see either of those guys. Maybe Patrick Kane resigns, but I just don't know why he would want to. Like, other than to, like, you know, solidify his career as a lifelong Blackhawk. But I don't think any anyone would give him flack or Taves, for that matter, for not resigning with Chicago. And, you know, honestly, I think the Chicago... Uh, management wouldn't really want them back anyway in the, in terms of the way that the direction of the team's going they're going for a fucking full-on tear this bitch down to the core of the earth rebuild by the look of it so but who knows i mean uh, new york rangers looked like they were going to do that kind of rebuild too and now look at them within two years they basically turned a, re- a full-on rebuild and it was basically just a retool they got a first overall pick they got a second overall pick they got panarin it's all good shesterkin's unreal like fuck they just they that was one of the most lucky slash great rebuilds i've i've witnessed it was very fast and now look at them they almost got to the stanley cup and jesus fucking christ um so i'm just gonna have a i'm gonna do a question now uh it was from from last week i didn't quite get to it it came in just a smidgen late um so i'm just gonna answer it now it's from my buddy Kian out of calgary so it's a two-part question uh question starts Still a couple big fish left out there that haven't been signed yet. Do you think it's a, there's a do you think it's a good chance Colorado is trying to clear room to sign Kadri? Or what team maybe has a good chance at landing Kadri if not the Avs? So I touched on this before. Um, I still believe that the Avs are 100% in on them in on Kadri. Uh, we're just waiting for a trade to happen. They have to clear out some salary cap. I I fully believe that Kadri would love 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 more than anything to to go back to colorado but it's a two-way street man i mean uh, kadri has to get paid this year he has to cash in this is his last big contract that he's probably going to get in his career and uh up until this point he's made fine money of course but possibly he's been a little underpaid i mean it was a it was a value contract that he signed in toronto and uh now it's time to pay the piper i mean he had an incredible playoff uh, well, Stanley Cup, anyway. He was effective there and an incredible season. Really helped out the Colorado Avalanche. Really emerged as that. <sighs> I still hesitate to call him a top line center, um, but I think he would, you know, you can put this guy, you could put Kadri in a top line center. Will he produce at the level that he did in Colorado? Maybe. He very, he very maybe could. Depends on where he goes. And, um,. But I think, I think, honest to God, man, um, the longer this goes, the more convinced I am that he's going to Colorado. Um, I am hearing rumblings, though, that, you know, the Islanders are in on him, and so are the Calgary Flames still. Apparently, still, there's still a possibility that Kadri goes there. I think that would be so sick. I think Kadri would fit in with the Daryl Sutter team very well. Um, it would add, you know, it would kind of help. you. Like Kadri's not as, like in your head mouthy as as Matthew Kachuk but I think he can sit there and maybe fill that void in pretty decently he can be a very 
in-your-face, agitating-style player. Like, he could be really annoying to play against, as you can see. Like, he was definitely getting... Like, not only did he get mauled by the St. Louis Blues, but he definitely got in their head, man. Like, you do not get attacked that way um, without, you know, you're doing something right. <laughs> you're definitely getting in their head there. So, honestly, man, I think if, if he isn't signing with Colorado... I feel like he's probably going to go to the island just because, um, you know, he nixed that trade in Calgary. So maybe he would feel like it'd be a little awkward. Maybe it'd be a little awkward introduction to the fan base because it's pretty well known that uh, Kadri nixed that trade because he was in Toronto. So obviously if something from Toronto comes out, you know, everyone has to hear about it. I I'm sorry. I it's just the way it's not our fault. It's just it's the Mecca, man. I can't help it that Toronto Maple Leafs are the most popular team. And yeah, we definitely have the some shitty fans out there. But, you know, there's there's fans like me out there that would like we I'm 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 normal. I'm not fucking leaf crazy. I hope don't don't do it <laughs> don't call me a crazy leaf fan i can be and then the second part of his question is also why hasn't anyone signed john klingberg yet that's a very interesting question uh top two d-men are hard to come by what's the holdup? up um honestly uh, i think the holdup is his is how much money he's asking for and the term i think the biggest problem is the term i don't think i, I think teams are gonna pay this guy he's gonna get paid i just think it's the amount of of years that he wants uh as far as I know, he wanted eight years out of Dallas. Dallas said no. We can't. We're not gonna. We're not gonna give you eight years. Not for the amount of money that you're asking for. And um, yeah, he's a third. He's an older defenseman, and an eight-year deal, seven-year deal would more than likely end not so great for whatever team signs him to that because it's he's more than likely going to be hitting like 6.5 to 7.5 million dollars somewhere in and around there. Could be even higher just because of how much money defensemen are making right now. It's fucking insane i mean list them off darnell nurse warensky um truba makes a shitload of money you know like all these defensemen just recently are making like nine and a half million dollars and i'm like wow man like uh some of them are risky i mean we'll see how that darnell nurse one comes out there was a list that recently came out listing off the the worst value contracts and darnell nurse was on there but whatever dude i, I didn't like that article so i'm not really going to talk about it Okay, so that's it. Uh, good. We only only had to do 20 minutes on that. Thank you very much, for, uh, Kyle, for your question. If you guys have any questions you want to ask the podcast, be that a wrestling question, a hockey question, a video game question, a movie question, a, a music question, whatever your question is. You got you got a question about drugs? I can. Uh, you got questions about shrooms, dog? I mean, maybe from what my how I told the story last week, you may not want to take my advice on shrooms, but I'm telling you, I'm a psychonaut and I I've done them numerous times, so I can give you some tips and tricks and pointers and help and whatever so if you want to ask any questions you want to follow along you want to stay in 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 tune with me you want to know what's going on you want to know maybe some some secret things that i'm, I'm going to be working on for the future you get you get in on that bro you get in on that i'm not even asking for money all i'm asking is that you go follow this podcast on twitter gx podcast 93 go check us out um it's i'm having a great time honest to god i have one follower it's my friend billy and i, I don't even care i'm having a great time just me and him uh, hanging out on Twitter and I'm seeing a lot of Simpsons quote. I haven't been on Twitter in like 15 years, man. I had it in like 08 and then I got off it and like, yeah, I just, I, I've just, I'm more of a Reddit guy, honestly, but uh, Twitter's fine so far, you know, 
I know there's a lot of people hate it for its toxic community and whatnot, but so far so good for me, man. But like I said, you want to check us out, man. Uh, go give us a follow on Twitter, GX Podcast 93. All the links are going to be down in the description below. Uh, follow me on YouTube, all that great shit. All right, baby, let's get to the fucking fun stuff. I'm really excited to do this because I get to go and relive some of the earliest memories, some of the happiest and sad memories, honest to God, that I ever had as a hockey fan. So let's get into this, man. The 03-04 Toronto Maple Leafs. This team was fucking stacked. There were so many fucking Hall of Fame players on this team. Yes, a lot of them were past their prime. But the fact of the matter is we had this team was stacked. This team was a contender for the Stanley Cup. They were one of the, I think they were fourth overall in the league that year. Um, let's just see. So, oh God, I don't even know where I want to start with this, man. Like, let's. I think we should just dip into the roster, honestly, because I just want to list off some of these names. And, uh, dude, it's going to be fucking a good time. Okay, here we go. Oh, my God. Are you guys ready for this? Like, oh, fuck. I'm so excited. Oh, my God. Look at the first name. Look at the first fucking name. Okay, let's just list off. Let's talk. Let's just, there's a lot of names. So this includes every single player, whether they're traded midway through or they, they played minor league, they didn't play all the games. It's every player that was involved with the Toronto Maple Leafs in 0304. Let's dig in. Here we go. Nick Antropov. Nick fucking Antropov. You kidding me right now? You fucking kidding me right now? Oh my God. Who remembers Nick Antropov? Oh my God. He was only 23 years old at this time. Six foot six, 245 pounds. Holy fuck, this dude was huge. Jesus. I didn't, I didn't even remember how big that dude was. All I remember is that I used to mix him and Ponikarowski up all the time. Wade Belak. Oh, buddy. Rest in peace, my friend. Uh, fucking tough guy. 6'5", 222 pounds. Look at the beef on this team. There's so many there's so many weights that start with two. Oh, God, yeah. Ed Belfour. Ed Belfour is my favorite goaltender of all time. He is the reason why I got into hockey. Ed Belfour was the first thing that I ever watched. I watched uh, the Dallas Stars win the cup in 99, 2000. You know, uh, that era. Ed Belfour was their goaltender at that time. And uh, that was the first time I ever saw him. And that fucking eagle mask just screamed at me. <laughs> screamed at me. And, dude, I was an Ed Belfour fan forever. Still to this day, he's my favorite goaltender. I have I have his jersey. I got framed photos of him. I got signed sticks. He's my favorite goaltender. He's the reason why I got into hockey. Um, if, I, if I didn't watch that, I mean, my family, no one in my family, nobody gives a fucking single shit about sports. I am the only one that, that pays attention to the sports. Now, I mean, people listening to this are probably like, oh my God, what the fuck? I know, it's crazy. But uh, whenever my dad did watch sports, the only time he would watch it is like, you know, Super Bowl, uh, what do you call it? base Baseball, the, the World Series, Stanley Cup Finals. So that's the only kind of shit he would watch. I and mean, he just so happened to have the Dallas Stars on. And I remember watching Belfour against Dominic Hasek. Weirdly enough, I don't even know how I didn't get turned on to Hasek. I think it was because his mask wasn't as cool. Uh, I was a big mask guy, man. You, if A lot of the guys, a lot of my favorite shit back in the day, a lot of them had masks. I just like masks, okay? Fuck off. Uh, but Ed Belfour, dude, even though he was here and <clears throat> in Toronto for a short time and he was old, he was fucking so good still, man. He was so good. So good still. Like, ah, if only, like, it was, you know, reverse the clock just a little bit. It, well, not even for this run because it wasn't Belfour's fault, man. Like, there, there's no question Belfour was a stud. 
uh, throughout the whole season and the playoffs. But we'll get to that when we get to that. Uh, Drake Barahowski, I do not recall this man. I'm sorry. Aki Berg, bro, what's up? Oh my god, I, we used to make fun of this guy all the time when we were younger. I mean, just level with me, man. We're like nine years old, so Aki Berg. Oh yeah, you know, that's funny to us. What a weird name. And uh, he was kind of like, kind of a bust because he was, believe it or not, I think this guy was drafted third overall in uh, the draft that he was taken in. Uh, he was supposed to be a big, mean, shutdown defenseman. I mean, he was 6'3", 213 pounds. He was only 26 at this time on the team, so it looked like the ship had sailed on Aki Berg. All I remember about him in the Toronto Maple Leafs, he did not put up a lot of points. Didn't put up a lot of points. Uh, but that wasn't his game. Oh, fuck, here's another winner right here. Carlo Koliakovo, baby, Jesus Christ. Uh... Poor Carlo, bro. He was so hated here in Toronto. He got he got launched out into the sun. Holy fuck. He was only 21 years old there. Wow. That's fucking crazy. He put up one point. I don't think he played a lot of games, but yeah. I should go back and uh, just double check with some, some of those points. Uh, just go back to Ed Belfour here. He put up uh, 34 wins, 19 losses, 6 ties. Overtime? I don't know if overtimes were a thing back then. I can't recall. And a 213 goals against average. Oh my god, that's so good. That's so fucking good. But you have to remember, just now take this with a grain of salt. We are in the absolute deadest of puck era right here. Era, era. Uh, dead puck scoring's down. Goaltenders are fucking insane. Uh, so when we list off the, the point getters, now just, just remember that, you know, it was really hard at the time to get a point a game. Uh, you getting point a game that essentially equivalates to like 100 points in today's game because the scoring is much much higher than it was back in 0304 so there is that and i just want to throw out there for my boy nikki antropov he had 13 goals 18 18 assists 31 points not a big deal not too bad not too bad oh buddy oh buddy here's a big one number 28 you know who that is you remember who 28 was oh you do oh you do don't you ty domi ty motherfucking domi yeah 34 years old there 510 213, just a little fucking brick wall of anger. Anger, so much anger. God, this guy was insane. Now, back then, I'm going to admit, I didn't I didn't like, like, I liked Ty Domi, but I didn't think, like, I wasn't like, oh, oh, he's so amazing, because I didn't understand what his role was. I just, all I cared about back then was points. Like, whoever puts up the most points, you're my favorite, because I was simple, bro, I was simple. And uh, Ty Domi, never really known for his points here in Toronto, seven goals, 13 assists, 20 points. But, uh, oh, fuck, does it tell me how many PIMs he had? Doesn't say how many PIMs, but it's probably a lot. Ty Domi, one of the greatest enforcers of all time. Uh, one of the most just fucking the face, dude, the face. I could just, I just see that, that fucking grin that, that I am not, I'm not going to sugarcoat ugly as fuck face, but you know, he'd knock me out in four seconds and, uh, yeah, dude, fuck 34 years old there. Wow. I feel like he went on for a, a bit longer too. So like, God damn, good for you, Ty. Harold Drukin, I do not know who that is. Tom Fitzgerald, sounds familiar. He's 35, don't really remember you too well. Ronnie Franchise, baby. Yes, sir. Ron Francis played for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and uh, he was a acquisition. We'll talk about the trades in a little bit, but uh, he came in on the team at 40 years old. Um, 
Yeah, dude. And he, and, and and I think he played like 15 games or something. He didn't play very many. He was a late pickup. Three goals, seven assists. So he still had it, dude. He still fucking had it back then at 40 years old. One of the one of the greatest players of all time. And uh, yeah, dude. I, I even remember, like, I feel like my dad was even like, holy, Ron Francis. I Like, he knew some names. He's just not a big sports guy. So, like, even there's some names you'll see on this team that even he was like, oh, wow. Um, after that, Pierre Hedin, okay, that, that rings a bell. Don't believe you were a very good defenseman, 25 years old. Josh Holden, Rick Jackman, Callie Johansson, Johansson, Craig Johnson. Uh-oh, here's a big one, number 15. You remember who that was? Ding, ding, Thomas Caberle, baby. Oh, my goodness. Man, okay, how old was he fucking back then? 25 years old back then. He had three goals, 28 assists, 31 points. Now, I always remember the big fucking thing about Thomas Caperlet was that everyone wanted him to shoot more. Well, there was another guy on this team that we're going to talk about in a second who had a fucking bomb, a howitzer on him, and he did all the shooting. So, Thomas Caperlet was such a fucking solid, such a solid career, very consistent defenseman, so sound, and I don't even really want to talk about his exit from the Toronto Maple Leafs and where he went to after, but uh, he did get a Stanley Cup as far as I remember on that team, even though he didn't do a whole lot on that team at that time. I just wish this dude was able to finish his career out in Toronto. I don't, he didn't even want to leave. I don't believe it was really shitty that how that all went down. Uh, oh God, I don't, oh, this guy used to piss me off so bad. Trevor Kidd, Trevor Kidd. Oh my god, he was fucking an atrocity. An atrocity for the Toronto Maple Leafs there in this in this time. How old were you there? 31 years old. This guy was a first round draft pick uh, for a goaltender. I think he went really, really high. Like possibly top 5, top 10. And uh, it just didn't happen, man. It didn't happen. I remember when I was watching uh, the hockey games back then. If I ever saw Trevor Kidd in net, I would just not watch it because I knew it was going to be a loss. He would, he would, I swear to God, almost every time he was in the net, it would be seven, seven goals against almost every single time. I swore it. Um, yeah, dude, he was pretty bad. Uh, he had a six, five and two record with a 3.26 goals against average. So yeah, not very good, especially considering it's a dead puck era. So you can ramp that up to like a three and a half in today's number. So yeah, he sucked, dude. He sucked. Oh, fucking Chad Kilger. What's up, dude? We picked this guy up on waivers. This guy was a, I believe he was third or fourth overall pick in the 90s somewhere. Didn't really pan out, dude. He did not pan out. I remember loving this dude, though, when he was here in Toronto. I just loved the name. I loved his hair. <laughs> it's just, you like weird things when you're younger, man, okay? Don't judge. 27 years old, 6'4", 224 pounds. Like, my fuck, dude. This is a big-ass team. Put up a goal and assist, two points. Uh, he didn't play a full season. They they acquired him on waivers from Montreal, I believe. So uh, I just remember, I just remember Chad Kilger, man. I, I I we made a lot of fun of Chad Kilger. Fuck Ken Clee, what's up? Fucking thirty two years old there. I remember that name. Don't remember much about the player. Maxime Kondratiev, uh, young young prospect. Don't think he played very much. Didn't put up any points. Twenty one years old. Bra- Br- Brad Lieb. Brad Lieb, I don't recall you. I'm sorry, my man. Oh, here's one. Here's one. Now, this guy I fell in love with almost fucking instantly when he showed up. Brian Leach. Oh, my God. Number two. Fucking, he came in. He was 35 years old. And without a shout of the doubt, this guy still fucking had it, bro. He still had it. 
He came in, I believe he played 15 games. He got two goals, 13 assists, 15 points. Guy was fucking unbelievable, man. And I'll never forget, I don't know if it was his first game. It was very early after we got him. And I remember Ed Belfour left the net because that's what Eddie Belfour did. He loved to play the puck a lot. He got caught one time way the fuck out of his net. And I'll never forget this. Brian Leach came flying in, stuck his feet together side by side and stopped the puck for Eddie Belfour. And I instantly, instantly fell in love. You backed up my boy. You helped my boy Eddie Eddie Belfour in in a tough spot. And uh, I, I always loved Brian Leach. Uh, it sucked. We only got, we ended up with only 15 games and a few playoff games of Brian Leach. Uh, he was spo- we were supposed to have another season of him, but lockout happened the year after this. So he, uh, he, his contract expired, and I believe he went off to sign with the Boston fucking Bruins. So, but uh, Brian Leach, Hall of Famer, one of the greatest defensemen of all time. I was so happy that he had a cup of coffee here in Toronto. That's fucking sick. Brian Marchment, rest in peace. He just passed away recently. He was a Toronto Maple Leaf for a short period of time there. And, uh, yeah, he didn't put up a lot of points. I don't think he played a lot of games. Goal three assists, four points. But it is what it is. Uh, oh, here's the big one. I know my buddy Kyle knows this guy. Uh, number 24. Ring any bells, anybody? You remember his name? Brian McCabe. Oh, my God. Before Dion was Dion, we had Brian McCabe with the faux hawk and the big bomb of a shot, and he could fucking throw a mean head every now and again. He was pretty tough. Uh, Brian McCabe, dude, yeah. Um, when he first got here, it was unbelievable. He was super awesome. Uh, this season in particular, he was super awesome. 16 goals, 37 assists, 53 points. That's fucking disgusting for a defenseman in this era. Uh, he had a wicked shot, dude, a wicked shot. I compare him a lot to Dion Phaneuf because, like, he had this howitzer, but, like, it just became so known and, like, I don't know, it just became more and more ineffective as the years went on for Brian McCabe. But he had a ton of really, really good years in his career. And uh, he is, without doubt, my my buddy's favorite, favorite player from back then, I would have to imagine. I don't think he liked anyone more than Brian McCabe. Um, the one thing we'll all remember about Brian McCabe is that you know what he did. You know what he did. You know what I'm about to say. That time he scored on his own net. Yeah, he did that. I mean, he's not the only guy in history to ever do that, but he did kind of fucking smash that puck into his own net. So, uh, I mean, it's it happened, dude. It happened. He was only 28 here. Only 28, 6'2", 220 pounds. Oh, my God. These dudes were all so big. Oh, here's one. Here's my boy, Alexander McGillney. Goddamn, he was my first, he was my first favorite uh skater player that wasn't a goalie he was my favorite alexander mcgillney dude i fucking love this guy so goddamn much he had a good run with toronto i mean he was he was older by this point he was 34 years old now but dude mcgillney still to this day is not in the hall of fame which just freaks me out i don't know if they're like waiting to put ovechkin in first like i don't know what the fuck to do i don't know how this guy isn't a, a hall of famer like, he is the first Russian player to hit 1,000 points. I believe he hit 500 goals, if not 400. He scored a lot of fucking goals, man. I think in his rookie season, he had, like, 80, 80-something goals. Like, this guy was a fucking goal scorer. But um, at this time, when he came to Toronto, uh, huge hype around him when he showed up here. We were expecting massive things out of him. And he really didn't disappoint. I mean, this season... He missed a lot of games. He missed a lot of time. Only eight goals, 22 assists, 30 points. But uh, he missed a lot of time here. But I'll always remember that McGillney was the only guy at the time to outscore Matt Sundin on the team. So I'll always give that to McGillney. 
Oh my god, dude, the names just keep coming. Next up, Joe Newendike. What the fuck? Oh my god, Joe Newendike was so sick. 37 years old at this time. Put up 22 goals, 28 assists, 50 points. Still a solid player, man. Still solid. I remember... I remember some really big big goals from Joe Newendike in the playoffs. I think he scored both of them in the Game 7 against Ottawa, if I do remember correctly. He's the one that squeezed both of those fucking horrible goals between Patrick Lillian's legs. I'm pretty sure it was him that got both of them. Oh, God, dude. Another banger right here. Oh, and goddamn Nolan, dude. How many just fucking Hall of Famers are we listed off already? It's insane. Uh, this time he was 31. Uh, 19 goals, 29 assists, 48 points. I mean, Olin Nolan is a kind of an interesting player. He had some really, really good seasons, and then he would have these, like, really low seasons. Then he'd get it back. He was a really up and down, kind of an inconsistent player. That's all I can really say. Uh, but I was a huge fan of this dude, man. Oh, my God. I'm just, I'm just want to make sure. Okay, he is down there. Okay, I just want to make sure that other guy's here. Uh, Nathan Perot. Don't know who you are. I'm sorry. Carol Pilar. I'm not familiar with you, my man. I'm sorry. Here's one. Alexei Ponikoroski. Oh, baby. I remember this guy. Um, He's only 23 years old at the time. 6'4", 225 pounds. Big, big boy. Uh, never really got there. You know what I mean? He never really... Didn't really make it. Let's see. So, this guy... He was only... He was a fourth-round pick. I mean, for what it is, for a fourth-round pick, I mean, he played almost 700 games in the NHL, so, you know, his best season was a 60, 61 points in 08, 09, so, I mean, not bad, he just never, we, I always expected more out of him, but he was okay, he put up 9 goals, 19 assists that year, 28 points, so, one, one of his better performances, I guess, I don't know, Robert Reichel, I know that last name, but I, I don't remember the player very well, fucking Michael Renberg was on this team, what the fuck is that about? 12 goals, 13 assists, 25 points. If, if this is the Michael Renberg that I think it is, it was pretty good. He was pretty good. Uh, not as good as I thought he was, but yeah, he had three years here in Toronto. I mean, if, okay. I didn't I didn't know that. That's weird. Michael Renberg played for the Leafs. Cool. Oh, buddy, here's, here's one. Oh, I love this guy so much. Gary Roberts. Oh, man, I love Gary Roberts so much. He's so fucking awesome. 37 years old at this time. So if you haven't noticed, the team was pretty old team was pretty old that's just the way that the Leafs rolled back then man there they they always picked up the big free agents spent a lot of money there was not a salary cap at this time so that's why you're seeing a lot of these big names on this team because they could they could do that he put up 28 goals 20 assists 48 points good shit still had it almost 30 goals man oh buddy here we go here's one of the big biggest prospects that the Leafs had in their system at the time Matt Stajan oh my god man Rather you love this guy or you fucking hated him. I always enjoyed him. I always liked Matt Stajan. We we're always just waiting for him to become the next Matt Sundin. You know, he he never really did become that kind of a player. and But he did have a very solid NHL career. He just ended up spending a lot of it with Calgary. But you know how I feel about Calgary. I'm cool with Calgary. So I'm cool with Matt Stajan, man. I just uh, It just sucks that it didn't work out here. Oh, here he is. Here he fucking is, boys. Matt Sundin, number 13. You're captain of your Toronto Maple Leafs. 32 years old at this time. Fucking dude was huge. 6'5", 231 pounds. Thank you very much. God damn, he's big. 31 goals, 44 assists, 75 points. Now I know that doesn't sound very, very impressive. Uh, consider, you know, we had guys this season putting up 120, 115, 110. More 100-point seasons than we've seen in a long, long time. 
And uh, I used to think that way too back then. You know, I was like, oh, there's guys that get more points than 75 points. I wasn't big on Matt, Matt Sundin back then, y'all. I, I, I hate to admit it. I, I, I love him now, of course. Absolutely love him. When I first started, though, I, I didn't, I wasn't big on him because everyone loved him so much. And there wasn't enough love for my boy Alexander McGillney. So I was just trying to, you know, get, help out my boy Alex and get some love. But uh, Matt Sundin, dude, probably the greatest Leaf of all time as is right now. Uh, so many amazing memories. I mean, when he hit, I, I believe it was when he scored his 500th goal and he had to get a hat trick in that game. And he won, he won it in overtime. Like, oh my God, dude. So fucking legendary. And like, I could, I just see his face. I guess it's like... Uh, fucking burned into my retinas that that smile that bucket that he had on his head that bald fucking head that he had like matt sundin's happy face every time he scored and whenever they won that's just fucking seared in my retinas i'll never forget that face i wish maybe it was a little bit of a prettier face but it is what it is oh god another another goaltender here michael talquist oh michael talquist oh boy what are we gonna do with you he's 24 years old at the time uh, he was he was supposed to be the one, you know, or yeah, that's what we say about every goalie that comes through here. Oh, he's going to be the one one day. Uh, he had a better season than Trevor Kidd. 5-3-2 and two with a 287 goals against average. Not not terrible, but definitely not good. Uh, yeah, Michael Telquist, bro. He uh, It didn't work out for him. Uh, he was a third-round pick. I mean, yeah, he just didn't really cut it in the NHL. He never cracked more than... Uh, 31 games. He hit 30 games twice. Uh, never got more than 11 wins in a season. Best save percentage. You're looking at a... That's not enough games. A 9-12. Yeah. Just didn't happen, bro. I'm sorry, Michael Dahlquist. Cool last name, though. Darcy Tucker. Jesus fucking Christ. This guy was a, a mutant. Mutant. This guy was created in a lab or something. I don't know what was put into this man's veins as a child. Animal. All I can say. Animalistic. He was only 28 at this time, and oh my god, he was destructive, bro. The hits, I know he's had his fair share of controversial moments, and uh, yeah, I'm not going to sit there and, and, and defend him for the stuff that he did, but um, you know, every a lot of teams have this style of player, and he's always going to be beloved here in Toronto. I remember when he fucking left, and he went to Colorado and had a really nice season there. I think he put up 30 goals. I, I want to confirm this. Let me try and confirm this. Okay. Nope, he definitely did not put up fucking 30 goals. What are you talking about? Okay, never mind. Okay, he never hit 30 goals once in the season. I don't know who the fuck I'm thinking of. Um, Yeah, he went to Colorado and actually didn't do like very well at all. Uh, so he ended up with 16 points and 24 points. His last season was 0-9-0-10. 0-9-10. Yeah, but uh, he had some nice seasons there with Toronto, man. Like 59 points, 61 points, hit 28 goals, you know, 20... A 20-25 goal scorer-ish. I don't know. He's all around. But Darcy Tucker so fucking legendary. I, I I will never forget his wild eyes. Like, when he would be... When you pissed off Darcy Tucker and he's on the bench fucking screaming at you with his eyes, like, just so wide, never blinking. Like, I'm going to fucking eat your skin. I'm going to peel it off. I'm going to eat it. and eat all of it. That's what Darcy Tucker was all about. Oh, shit. Here's a boy. Here's a youngin. I remember you. Kyle Wellwood, what's up, bro? He never really worked out either, did he? I mean, that's kind of what happens with these guys. He was only 20 years old at this time. Yeah, he just... I mean, he was okay. He had a couple all right seasons there for Toronto. I'm not, actually, not going to lie. Uh, he, at 45 points, 
42 points, and yeah, then it kind of went off a cliff. 21 points, 27, 25, 13, 47. little resurgence there in Winnipeg for a hot second, and then 15, he was done. Yeah. Oh, when was he picked? I just want to make... Was this guy a high-end pick? Uh, fifth round. Okay, not bad. Solid, solid for a fifth round or whatever. It is what it is. He was one of our better prospects at the time, as far as I can remember. I uh, wasn't really a big fan of him, not going to lie. Uh, Clark Quilm. Don't know who you are. Okay, I think I got them all. I think that's everyone. I'm just... Yep. Okay. Fuck yeah. Let's just run over the top scorers here really quick, uh, even though I already like listed most of them off. But uh, Matt Sundin, 75 points. Brian McCabe was second, 53. Joe Neuendijk, 50 points. Gary Roberts, 48. Owen Nolan, 48. So, like, that's what I'm saying, bro. Like, this is this dead puck era. Era, era. But, um... And, and I mean, there were a lot of, there was a lot of missed games here. I mean, Alexander McGillney only played 37 games. Uh, Darcy Tucker, 64. Owen Nolan, 65. Gary Roberts, 72. Joe Neuendijk, 64. Uh, Matt Sundin only missed one game because he's a fucking stud. That's all I'm going to say. Um, yeah, this team had one, two, three, four, five Hall of Famers on it. Fucking rights. Fucking rights. Then, of course, Eddie Belfour had his, um, played 59 games, 34 wins. Very good season for my boy, Eddie Belfour. Fucking rights. All right. So let's dip into some of the stories, some of the shit that was going on with this team. So like I said, going into the season, the Leafs were getting pretty close. This was kind of like the door was shutting on what they had at the time. Uh, they gotten really close in 01, 02. Like I said, sadly, I missed that. I I did, dude. I, I it, it hurts me, but I kind of jumped on the wagon just a little bit late when, when they had some really good runs there, when they got to the third round and lost to Carolina. But uh, there was a lot of potential behind this team, especially when they made those acquisitions of Brian Leach, Ronnie Franchise, and, and um, others. Uh, but... The leadership on this team, there's a lot of Stanley Cups won between the guys on this team. It was just, they were they were trying, man. There was a lot of hope going into this, and um, yeah, this and this would be uh, the last team that made it to the playoffs for a very very long time, and it's still the last team that the Toronto Maple Leafs had that made it to the second round. So this is the this I you know my NHL watching career started here, and I have been waiting since 0304 to watch the Maple Leafs make it past the first round again and I'm still waiting and I still don't feel optimistic about it happening like soon because our division is so fucking strong I mean regardless the Toronto Maple Leafs are gonna have to play a stud team in the first round every single year for the next little bit and uh they're they just gotta get fucking through it man they just gotta do it um yeah fuck man it was a hell of a season uh they had eight well obviously they played 82 games in that year 45 wins, 24 losses, 10 ties, because ties were still a fucking thing, three overtime losses, they finished with 103 points, 62.8 winning percentage, they scored 242 goals, led in 204, there were a plus 38. So, you hear that? There was only 242 goals scored on this team, and that was one of the better offensive teams in the league. So yeah, goal scoring was way down. We're talking like... 50 to 80 goals down like a lot of goals down dude a lot of goals down um so let's talk about some of these notable transactions and let's see what the Leafs gave up to acquire some of these guys and let's see what some of those draft picks that they gave up turned into so the Maple Leafs made three big trades during the 03-04 campaign each of them 
meant to, meant to significantly improve the team's chances of winning the Stanley Cup. And I mean, if you're adding Brian Leach, I mean, goddamn. Okay, here it begins. In February, Toronto sent 25-year-old Rick Jackman to the, to the Pittsburgh Penguins for 31-year-old Drake Barowowski. Okay, looking to add some experience to the blue line. A month later, they made another, a couple, much more significant moves. These are the big ones. So, the Toronto Maple Leafs send prospects. Maxine Kondratiev. Uh, excuse me. Yarko Eminen. A first-round pick and a second-round pick to the New York Rangers for Hall of Fame defenseman Brian Leach. Now, in hindsight, that was a massive price to pay for, like, 20-some-odd games of Brian Leach. Absolutely. But, on the plus side, none of, the, none of that turned into anything. The prospects that they traded away didn't amount to very much, and the first-round pick, I don't believe, turned into anything. We'll find out here in a second. So, oh, hold on. Then, just six days later, Toronto sends, sends a fourth-round pick to the Carolina Hurricanes for Ronnie Franchise. Now, that's a bargain. That's a good deal. I mean, considering what Ronnie Franchise did for them in the playoffs and the little run there, that's fine. Fourth-round pick, whatever. And I, I think that actually did turn into a player, but not a good one, but someone that, that an NHL-quality player, at least. Um, so Leach scored 15 points in 15 games and he had eight points in 13 playoff games. So, I mean, he did, he did his part, man. I mean, he put up points. He was great, uh, while he was here, but while Francis man, uh, franchise, Francis, God, I just want to call him franchise <laughs> while Francis managed 10 and 12, he did only score four points in 12 games in the playoffs. So, but like I said, he scored some big fucking goals for us there in that game seven. Y'all, y'all I'm saying. So that said their time with the Leafs was brief. Francis retired at season's end while Leach became a free agent that offseason, signed a one-year contract with the Boston Bruins. Yep, it happened. It happened. And he retired after that one season with the Bruins. Uh, and then Barrow Whiskey just ended up uh, leaving. He went back to Sweden during the lockout. And uh, yeah, but he, he never got to come back to the NHL. Okay, so... If it makes you feel any better, the majority of the young players and picks moved out by the Toronto Maple Leafs in these deals never panned out. Only Kurt Sauer, the second round pick that went to the Rangers, and Jared Bowl, the fourth round that went to Carolina. I mean, Jared Bowl was a tough guy. So he, I mean, he had an NHL career, but he was more of a tough guy. So um, had meaningful NHL careers. So I, I wouldn't say Toronto necessarily mortgaged the future, even for just 61 games. But at that time, and in hindsight, for a long, like, it, it was a massive price to pay, but that's the price you got to pay for a team that's all in, and you're picking up some massive, massive names here. So, yeah, it's it costs you, but thankfully, uh, you know, those first-round picks didn't turn into fucking superstars like they, they tend to do. Uh, the only notable waiver wire move was picking up Chad Gilger, like I said, from Montreal on the same day of the France, Francis deal. Kilger was by no means a star, for Toronto, but was pretty well liked during his three years. Yeah, see, I remember that he was popular because I remember liking him. Um, the Leafs did have, like, overall, their season was a little bit of an up and down. They didn't have a very hot start. They came out of the gate with a 7-6-5-2 record. So, seven wins, six losses, five ties, and two overtime losses through their first 20. And then from November 22nd through December 26th, they went on a fucking tear, dude. They went 14-0-1-1. 14 wins, zero regulation losses, one tie, and one overtime. 
loss. So that is a hell of a streak, and that streak alone really fucking solidified their spot in the playoffs, man. Like, oh, God, yeah. Um, so there was a very um, notorious, legendary, controversial thing that happened during this 03-04 season. So during a game uh, against the Nashville Predators, our boy Matt Sundin got a little angry. And he hummed a fucking NHL hockey stick into the crowd because I think his stick broke. I believe that's what happened. And he fucking just hummed it into the crowd. Thankfully, nobody was hurt. He apologized for it. He signed a stick to the to the fan that it got thrown to. But um, this led to um, Mr. Daniel Alfredson um, would mock Sundin. Uh, in another game, he would, I think his stick broke as well, and he faked through it into the crowd and, like, kind of gave a shit-eating grin. Now, at this time, let me tell you, Daniel Alfredson may have been the most hated motherfucker in my school at the time. Everyone in my school fucking hated this guy so much. Literally, like, we had, we would print off pictures and, you know, we would fucking, like, stab it and, like, we had it on the bulletin board. We had, like, a bulletin board dedicated to, like, the hatred of fucking Daniel Alfredson, his big fucking clown fucking hair that was always sticking out of his helmet. I hated Alfredson so goddamn much back then. I hated him so much. And we had this fucking uh, student helper teacher, and uh, he was like literally the only Ottawa Senators fan. And I would have to, I would just have to say, um, looking back on it, I was, uh, we were definitely without question a little disrespectful, but we're nine. We're nine years old. Uh, I had a buddy of mine back then. His name was Sean. And I remember we wore our jerseys to school every single day while they were in the playoffs. We wore them every single day. I had my my white Eddie Belfour CCM jersey that I still have in my room right now hanging proudly. Yes, it's got some fucking stains on it because... <sighs> okay, a little story about my first jersey purchase. Uh, my first jersey purchase happened at National Sports way back in the day. I remember I uh, I saved up a lot of my birthday money and Christmas money and, and, and doing odd jobs around. I finally saved up $200, enough that... I can go out there and buy a jersey and, uh, you know, have my grandma or parents you know, cover the taxes or whatever. Jerseys were fucking expensive back then, too. $200 back then, yeah. And they're they're still fucking outrageously overpriced now. That's why I, I don't buy jerseys full price. I won't buy them. I just can't. I've, I've had jerseys. I've bought in jerseys as low as $25. NHL license, real, authentic NHL jerseys. So I'm not going to sit out there and spend 200 $300 on a jersey nowadays. But back then, yep, I was all in. And I wanted a blue Alexander McGillney. That's what I wanted. That's what I wanted. More than anything, I wanted that jersey. I went to the National, had my money, inpatient, nine-year-old kid. They didn't have it. So I was like, okay, I'll take a Belfour one. You got that in blue? They're like, no blue. I was like, oh, I didn't want white, man. I, I hate white jerseys. I love the way they look. I just hate owning them because they stain. They stain, and it's really, really fucking hard to get it out. And I know of this one particular stain on my Belfort jersey. It's a fuck. I'm, I remember it happening. I was sick, and I took some Buckleys, and I got Buckleys on it. And uh, that shit don't come out. Uh, 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 that ain't coming out. That purple goop, that purple fucking um, syrup, uh-uh. That bitch is permanent. That's forever now. And uh, yeah, dude, I, I carried on with that jersey. I still have it. I wore it to my first Toronto Maple Leafs game that I went to in like... Uh, 2016, 2017, it was a uh, Toronto Maple Leafs versus the Jets, and there was actually a fan like eight rows, 
eight rows down from me. He was wearing the exact same Belfort jersey. And I was screaming at him the whole, like, like half a period. I'm like, Belfort, Belfort. <laughs> he just wouldn't look at me. I was like, fuck. I just wanted to make a friend. I just, like, I was just so happy, like, someone else had, like, the same jersey as me. So that was tight. Um, goddamn, dude. Okay, let's fucking, let's get into, okay, I think that was it. Um, yeah, so let's get into this fucking playoff run, man. Oh, my God. So we go into the Battle of Ontario in round one. And at this time, the Maple Leafs, we had their number, man. We had their number. Um, actually, there's just one thing I wanted to note. I, I made a little note here uh, throughout the season. I uh, just noted a couple of uh, big wins uh, just because I want to brag about them. Uh, there was a 6 nothing win over the Boston Bruins. Thank you very much. Uh, there was also an 8-4 victory over the Pittsburgh Penguins. And uh, their final game of the season was a 6-0 shutout victory over the Sens. So they're going in with a lot of confidence. They just kicked the shit out of the Sens. I mean, a 6-0 loss is a shit-kicking. So uh, they're, they're going in hot with that momentum. But there was also some big losses and uh, a little bit of foreshadowing. So one of the first big losses was a 7-1 loss to the Flyers. And uh, if you know, you know. But the Flyers will become our devil here in this season. And we'll talk about it shortly. And then they also had a 7-2 loss to the Tampa Bay Lightning, who went on to win the Stanley Cup that season. Um, in very controversial fashion that I'm never going to forget. Ever. Tampa, you hear me, Tampa? I'm never going to forget what you did to my boy Aginla. You took away his only Stanley Cup, you motherfuckers. That was his cup. That was his fucking cup and you took it. How dare you? How dare you? You should be ashamed of yourself. Anyway, we'll talk about that another time. I really would like to do a retrospective on that 0304 Calgary Flame season. Just, just because I like to torture myself. I like to go back and look through some of the most horrendous memories that I ever had back then. Okay, so let's just go through the scoring leaders for... This is, is this for the play? That's not for the playoffs. Tell me about the playoffs, please. Okay, I'll just go to a different fucking thing then. Schedule. Okay, here we go. Results. Here we go. Okay, so we kick off into um, into the playoffs against the Ottawa Senators. Like I said, uh, the Leafs were a little bit of the Ottawa Senators boogeyman at this time. We've taken them down, I think, up and up at this point. I think we have eliminated them twice from the playoffs at this point. Um, but after this, the Ottawa Senators would definitely become our boogeyman when, you know, the Heatley, Spezza, um, Alfredson line really started clicking. Oh man. I remember we used to lose to the Sens like seven to one, seven to two, like every single time. It was fucking terrible. So yeah, but this was the last time that we met them in the playoffs, I do believe. And it's been too long, dude. I am dying for the Battle of Ontario to happen again in the playoffs. <coughs> and it's starting to look like we're getting closer to that. The Ottawa Senators are, like, especially with the additions they have now. Uh, we're, I'm not going to say anything until we start, you know, until the season starts. We see what happens. But the Ottawa Senators have an inside, outside-ish chance of making a playoff spot this year. Or at least be competitive for it. I think they're going to have a pretty big improvement this year over last year. I think this is the beginning of you know, what could be a really good run here for the Ottawa Senators over the next little bit. I just want it to be, like, it's been so long, like, like I said here, like, this was the last time both the teams were in the playoffs and they got to face each other. After this, the Leafs didn't make the playoffs for eight, nine years, and the Sens went off and almost won a fucking Stanley Cup, like, twice. So, yeah, that happened. Um, yeah, so there was just, a, it just wasn't a very fun rivalry after that. But in this moment, dude, it 
was so fucking white hot. I have never hated a fucking, like, I've hated things like this, but the hatred levels were so high, dude. Like, oh, it was so intense. Like, like I said, my buddy and I would come in with our jerseys on every day and we'd go up to that student teacher who would have his sense jersey on and we would just go at it, man. We would just fucking be chirping him and he'd be giving it right back to us. And it was just awesome, man. Like, I miss it. I miss it. I love... I love getting into hockey battles. Like, I love defending my team and talking shit about another team, especially the Ottawa Senators. Like, I love that. Like, I loved our rivalry, but, like, it's just been too one-sided for so long. Ottawa's good, now we're good, and now Ottawa's starting to get good, but I just want that Battle of Ontario back. But, oddly enough, I always remembered the series going down differently. I always recalled it, remembered it going down, like, Toronto won all the home games and Ottawa won all their home games. But now that I did my research, that is actually not the case. The Ottawa Senators actually won the first game of this series. I did not remember that. Uh, the Ottawa Senators won the game 4-2. to two. Yeah, yep. But then the hero of this series would finally, would, I'm not going to say finally, but he emerged. And that man is Eddie Belfort. Without question, Eddie Belfort is the MVP of this series, you want to know why? Three shutouts, three shutouts, three of them, and okay, okay, he didn't, he didn't shut him out in Game Seven, but he did. He only let in one goal, so he had a really good game in Game Seven. But after that game, Game Two, two nothing victory for the Toronto Maple Leafs, shutout at Belfour, and I'm never gonna forget. Uh, during this playoff run, uh, I remember seeing this amazing front. Uh, front page on the newspaper of Eddie Belfour making the snow cone save, which is um, when he makes it, you make a glove save and the puck is like coming out a little bit of the top of the glove. It's hard. If you get it, you get it. But I remember that huge shot of him front page making that incredible fucking save, man. Ed Belfour stood on his head, stood on his head in these games. Like absolutely was insane. Then what's he do the next game? Follows it up. Boom. Back-to-back -back shutouts, baby. 2-0 victory for the Toronto Maple Leafs in Ottawa. So I was already wrong. My memory uh, deceived me. It, it's not going, it did not go down the way that I've always remembered it going down. After that, the Ottawa Senators tie up the series. A 4-1 victory in Ottawa. And then, boom. Eddie Belfort again. 2-0 shutout. Victory in Toronto. They go back to the Ottawa to Ottawa, where the Toronto Maple Leafs could end it here. And now it goes to double overtime. And no way, Jose. The Ottawa Senators force a game seven, two to one victory. God fucking damn it. And now game seven. Okay, I want to talk about something really quick. I just want to pull up the Ottawa Senators. I have their roster, and I just want to go back and take a quick peek at some of the names on this roster. Um, so they were coached by Jacques Martin. Their captain was uh, Daniel Alfersen. Uh, they were playing in the primary arena Coral Center. And their record was a 43-23-10-6. Uh, they were... Uh... Okay, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Okay, so some of the names. Some of the names that stand out to me. Daniel Alfersen, obviously. Peter Bondra. Fuck yeah, that guy was six, 35 years old there. Radic Bonk, oh my god, the Bonkster. I remember that guy. Oh my god, Zdeno Chara, 26 years old at the time. Thank you very much, holy fuck. Ray Emery, he was only 21 back then. Mike Fisher, he was 23 back then. They had Martin Havlat, Marion Hosa, holy fuck, this team was good. 
Chris Kelly, Brooks Like, 20 years old back then. Chris Kelly's only 23. Ah, oh, Patrick Laleem. Oh, my God. Senators fans out there listening, if there's any of you, how do you guys feel about Patrick Laleem? I love him. You want to know why? Because he sucked. He sucked. He sucked against the Leafs. But he did have a really awesome uh, goaltender mask where he had Marvin the Martian on top of it. That was awesome. I always loved that mask. One of my favorite all time. No doubt. No doubt. Um, Chris Neal was only 24 back then. Chris Phillips was 25. He went on to play for like 400 more years. Rob Ray, Wade Redden. What the fuck? Jason Spezza was only 20. Oh, oh, and he just retired now. Oh my God. Jesus Christ. Antoine Vermette was 21 back then. Damn. Damn, son. Their top goal scorer or their top point getter was Marion Hosa, 82 points. Alfie had 80. Martin, Martin Havlad had 68. Damn. Spezza only had 55. Fuck, man. So game seven happens. Game seven happens. And uh, Patrick Laleem let in two of the squeakiest of squeaky goals you'll ever see in your life. If you don't know them, just look up the Toronto Maple Leafs game seven versus Ottawa. I remember where I was when I watched this. I was watching it on a very small TV over at my grandma's house in, in, in our little bedroom that we had, uh, you know, on the side out there for us. And I was going so fucking crazy, dude. I was going so fucking crazy when those goals went in. Everyone was going fucking crazy. The fans were going crazy. The Leafs were going crazy. Everyone was going crazy, man. It was fucking pandemonium, man. I, I have... Oh, the feelings were so good. Like, oh, man, the euphoria, the euphoria. And I, like I said, I'm pretty sure Joe, Joe Newendag scored both of them, like back-to-back, like same spot, same place. Unbelievable. I'm just going to take a sip of coffee. Thank you very much. Mm. Oh, I switched to decaf. I switched to decaf, not this particular coffee. I had a couple of decafs. They were fine. They were fine. I drink too much coffee. I'm way too overloaded in caffeine, so I've been trying to cut it out. Um, anyway, back to the <laughs> Toronto Maple Leafs. So we won that fucking game. The Toronto Maple Leafs, yes, believe it or not, actually won a game seven. Yeah, it was like almost 20 years ago, but it happened. We won a game seven. It happened. Look, it's in history. It happened. It really did. It really, really did. They won. And uh, like I said, man, Eddie Belfour was without without question my MVP for that. I'll, uh, he really just shut the fucking door down, man. He really did. He he channeled his his Dallas Stars Eddie Belfour when he was just he was one of the best, man, if not the best there for for that time. I mean, he and he and Dominic Hasek had some incredible battles, and Eddie beat him, man. I mean, I know that they you know the the foot in the crease or whatever, but I mean, history is history. It is what it is. Eddie Belfour <coughs> won it, and Dominic Hasek didn't, though he probably should have. Um. So then after that, the Toronto Maple Leafs move on to the second round to meet the Philadelphia Flyers. The Philadelphia Flyers. So I got I got their team too. Let's um let's revisit some of these names now. Um some of these names hurt me. Some of these names hurt me. Uh back then they were they were being coached by Ken Hitchcock. They were 40, 21, 15, and 6. Oh, this name hurts me a lot. Keith Primo. Keith Primo was the captain. I'll remember that hat trick that he scored against us in the game. Oh, that son of a bitch. He was fucking, he kicked our ass in, in this in this series, man. He really, really did. Okay, let's see what kind of guys they had. Um, oh, that's interesting. Okay, Donald Brashear, 32. It's Sean Burke, who was number 33 and 41, so they must have traded for him. Uh, Mike Comrie, 
It's only 23 back then. Robert Esch was their goalie. Fuck, I, I'm, what happened to that guy? He just fucking disappeared. That kind of happens to Philadelphia goaltenders. He's only 26 back then. T- Todd Fedorik, Simone Gagne. Oh, buddy, I love Simone Gagne. Oh, he was one of my favorites, man. He's only fucking 23 back then. Oh, no, I hated this guy so much. Michael Hanzus, go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. I hated him so much. Pretty sure he had that fucking long, fuzzy, curly hair. Fuck that guy. I hated him so much. Stupid dick. Fuck, 26-year-old. Fuck. Fuck, dick. Okay, Sammy Kapanen was on that team. Kirby Law. John LeClaire, what's up? 34 years old then. Uh, He was still pretty good. 55 points that year. Not bad. Uh, Danny Markov. I don't know if that was a guy. Entero Nidamaki. Holy fuck. Now that's a name. Flyers fans out there. You remember Antero Nidamaki, goaltender? He's only 23 back then. What the fuck happened to that guy? Keith Primo, 32 years old. I mean, uh, Keith Primo was... Um, Leafs drafted him, didn't he? Did the Leafs draft this guy? Detroit, first round, third overall pick. Hmm. Nope, Detroit picked him. Okay. I mean, he was a solid player. He was never like a superstar or anything. He was just pretty good. He had a couple handful 30-goal seasons. Highest point total was 73 back in 93-94. Uh, he had another 73-pointer in 2000-2001. But uh, all I remember is that this guy absolutely eviscerated us in this playoff series, man. Absolutely eviscerated us. Oh, God, I just saw another name. That makes me tremor a little bit. Uh, Mark Recchi. Mark fucking Recchi. Oh, and there's another. Wow, hold up. Wait a minute. Hold up. Wait a minute. Okay, Mark Recchi was 35 there. Wow, 75 points. Jeremy Roenick. Oh, this motherfucker, the one that sent us goddamn home. Fucking dickhead. I hated Jeremy Roenick so goddamn much back then, man. Hated him. Dennis Seidenberg was on the team back then. He didn't play, but he was, he was 22. Patrick Sharp was on the team back then. What the hell? They had Patrick Sharp? 22 years old. Okay, okay. Uh, Vandem- Jim Vandermeer. I kind of remember you. Justin Williams was on that team? Holy jumping. That's wild. Okay, they had some fucking weird names there, eh? Um, But if you're a Leaf fan and you experienced this, you kind of know how this series went down. Um, Kind of fell apart here. It didn't really go the Toronto Maple Leafs way. We got blown out in a game. Uh, okay, so uh, in game one, the Toronto Maple Leafs lost it 3-1. to one. Uh, then they lost the next game two to one, but then they come back. They, they we did come back. We we made it somewhat competitive, and this is where like my I was really really on the hype train. Maybe this is the series I was thinking of where like the Leafs lost all their. But uh, I mean, they lost in on home in home ice anyway. Anyway, uh, they came back. The Toronto Maple Leafs came swinging back. They won four to one, and then they won three to one. So Eddie Belfour still getting it done. Uh, and then this game happened. The fucking 7-2 shellacking. We got absolutely crumbled in that game. I believe that's the game that Primo got the hat trick. And my my absolute hatred for the Philadelphia Flyers still to this day is embedded in this series right here. I still don't like the Flyers because of this, man. Like, hated that fucking series. And then game 7 happens. We lose it in overtime. 2-3. to three. Yeah. And uh, Darcy Tucker absolutely eviscerated. I think it was Kapanen. He fucking blew him up. Shit got really fucking ugly there. And uh, yeah, dude, that is how the Toronto Maple Leafs season ended. 
No, we did not win the Stanley Cup, obviously, because our streak still stands at over a thousand years of no Stanley Cup. But um, yeah, dude, that was my first NHL season. That was the first one that I followed from game one all the way to their final game against Philadelphia. I cried that night. I cried like a little baby. Uh, I was very, very, very upset that it was over and that my hockey season was over. And now what am I going to do? Like, I did end up watching the Calgary Flames after this. Uh, I got right on the bandwagon with those guys. Fell in love with that team. Fell in love with Jerome Aginla. He's still one of my favorite players of all time. I absolutely adore Jerome Aginla and Mika Kiprasov. Those two, one, two, like probably both in my top 10 favorite players of all time. Um, it's so, so sad how it ended. Uh, again, if you know, you know the controversy of the goal that was scored uh, it, uh, against Tampa. It was waived a no goal, but I remember vividly my dad and I watching the news the next morning on breakfast television, and they had the angle where it. I saw it clear as day that puck was at least like five, six inches past the line, hitting uh, Javi Bulin's pad, Fucking Javi Bulin. God damn, I was a big fan of that guy too. The Bulin wall. The Bulin wall. But that puck was in, dude. I don't even care. Calgary should have won the fucking cup that night. It didn't go down that way. Tampa ends up winning the next two games. And then, boom, they get their first Stanley Cup. So, I I would like to do a retrospective perhaps on that. Again, it, it wouldn't be as um, in-depth as it would be with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Because I didn't actually watch the Calgary Flames that season. But um, uh, that Stanley Cup playoff run, dude, it absolutely made me fall in love. I believe they knocked out the Detroit Red Wings on their way up there, which was a massive win for them and a ma just a massive win. And that team wasn't even like they were. It was a solid team. Obviously, they made it to the Stanley Cup, but they were underdogs for most of that run. I do recall. And uh, yeah, dude, they just took that team far. Jerome Ginla was the fucking man. I love him so much, but we're not talking about that. Um, if you would like me to talk about that, or if you have another Toronto Maple Leaf season in mind, like I said in another episode, I was kind of considering doing like uh, the, I think it's the 13-14 season when we made it to the playoffs, the lockout shortened year, and we got fucking eviscerated by Boston. I would kind of like to go back and, and relive that pain yet again. If anyone's interested, let me know. And uh, if there's any uh, Calgary Flame season maybe you'd want me to do, if you enjoyed it, if there's more things that um, you would like me to talk about throughout the seasons. I just I was just looking up articles, and I got this one from The Athletic, I believe, and I was just blow it just blew me away. I was like, oh, man, I, would just, I just read the article, and like, I would love to talk about this article and just go back and talk about some of the, some of the players that we had. And, like, honestly, it was really good to go back and see that, um, those draft picks that we gave up didn't amount to anything very, very good. Yes, some of them did turn into NHL players, uh, but it is what it is. That's what the Leafs were doing at the time. They were going all in. They went they went old. Um, not really a thing that teams do nowadays. You wouldn't really see a team go out there and pick up fucking four guys that are 35 years old plus. And uh, yeah, it doesn't usually go down like that. And uh, you probably wouldn't be able to pick up like... I, don't, I, I didn't see the salary caps on any of those guys, but you would have to imagine that if there was a salary cap back then, they would have been immensely over it because you see some of the names on there. And yeah, so after this season, there would be a lockout. I would be absolutely devastated by that lockout. 
um you know like i said that was my first season and then boom i was so excited for the next season and the whole fucking season got locked out the whole season we didn't get no half nothing the whole bitch was gone she gone whole thing so yeah that really hurt i'm happy that i was able to get through that i believe i watched a lot of leafs tv back then i was watching tons of old hockey games and black and white games man yeah whatever like leaf tv back then sucked ass dude it sucked they would have like at least for you know a nine ten year old kid it was just programming that i was not interested in there was a lot of that leaf lunch shit where they're just you know two fucking you know guy like me talking about the leafs and like i just couldn't give less of a shit i just wanted to see goals go in the net and and big eddie belfour saves and shit like that and I feel like that was the last year with Eddie Belfort as well, man. I think he went off to Florida after this. He had some back surgery, and he ended his career there in Florida. And, yeah, man, I was really sad to, to see him go. Uh, and then we would go a very, very long time before we would get a Bel- uh, another Belfort quality goaltender in our system. Now, I, I don't think James Reimer was was better than Belfort. I'm sorry, James Reimer, rhyme time. You were amazing. Who knows what you could have actually become if you didn't sustain 400 concussion injuries all in the same manner by sticking your neck out and getting fucking clocked, you fucking, you fucking guy. And all those other terrible goalies we had to go through, fucking Toskala, Raycroft, guys, more of them. I mean, Jagir popped in. He was way past his prime. He was no good, was always hurt. Remember that we had J.S. Shiger? I do. I was a huge fan of J.S. Shiger. I liked a lot of goalies, man. I'm a big fan of goaltenders, and if you were a good goaltender, I probably liked you. Or uh, or if you had a shitty mask, then I probably didn't like you. Sorry, sorry Dominic Hasek. I think your mask is really cool now, but uh, it didn't stand out to me back then. It just looked like a, a, a cage. But little did I actually really like Dan Cloutier's. Dan Cloutier had a really weird-looking uh, mask back then. I was a big fan of his. And um, fuck yeah, man. Um, that's that's about it. That's about it. That's uh, that was your retrospective for this week. Uh, like I said, if you guys want to uh, suggest a team, a season, uh, something like that, maybe even a career retrospective on a player or two, I can I would absolutely be willing to do that. That would be a lot of fun. We can go through like Matt Sundin's career, Alexander McGillney's career, Thomas Caverley's career, McCabe's career, whoever you want. I don't care. I could talk about the Leafs whenever, however, whenever, you know, that's just what I, was what I do. Um, so like I said, if you guys want to follow along with the podcast, please, please, please go down there, check out some of the links, check out my YouTube channel, still plowing, uh, through, uh, Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, great time, having a blast, scaring the fuck out of me, um, I'd love for you guys to go over there and check it out. Drop a like, subscribe to the channel if you really dig it. Uh, and uh, if we get more support over there, I'm, I'm absolutely like I want to do more. I've been uploading uh, every day for the last two weeks, so we're staying with that consistency. I'm feeling good. Um, scheduling with this podcast, we maybe I may be tweaking it just because of the disaster that was this past weekend, where three podcasts dropped in two days. I don't know if you guys like that, but the numbers are telling me that it wasn't good to drop all my content on like. Uh, within like 36 hours of each other because the numbers were lower it is what it is um so i want to try and spread it out so it, it may be that uh hockey may get moved somewhere else and the video game one may pop off a different day like we may move i may uh, i don't know man it's just where it's going to be a work in progress all right we'll go with it i'll keep you guys updated as best as i can uh, all I can tell you is that I do have um, podcasts cached away. I have content ready to go. They're all scheduled, ready to go up. 
Um, I'll let you know when they're coming out if I decide to change the dates, but as far as it is right now, um, we got video games coming out Sundays, hockey Wednesdays, and then hopefully wrestling Saturday. Wrestling might be a little bit difficult this week. Again, I apologize. Uh, it's just been a bit of a hectic week. We've been having some, some family issues, some family emergencies that we've been dealing with. Uh, so I'm a little bit behind on my wrestling this week. And on top of that, we got fucking SummerSlam. Um, so I, I, I'm going to get it out without question. It just may be a day or two late. I don't know yet. I'm going to do everything that I can. Uh, I got my PC set up downstairs so I can record and do everything that I want whenever I want. So yeah, that's great. Uh, I got everything working really well down here. Okay, I really need to stop rambling. Um, so like I said, guys, uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, make sure wherever you're listening to it and, uh, or if there is, um, a streaming platform that it's not on, let me know. Cause I can get it on there. I just, I don't know where people listen to. I'm like, I don't know if anything like where the fuck else could people listen to other than like Spotify, iTunes and like, where the fuck else would you listen to it? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like Spotify's free, right? So you could just... Teach their own, teach their own. You listen to it wherever the fuck you want. As long as you listen to it and you enjoy it and you hit the five stars, you like it, you do whatever you want, you follow me, please follow me. That'd be great. I lost a follower. I, I cried for a couple hours, but I got over it. I got over it. I'm okay. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm fine now. I'm fine now. Um, so, yep, links are all down low. Follow YouTube, follow Twitter, follow this podcast. I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening and be on the lookout for more content. And if you follow us on Twitter, you're going to get to know about it a little bit earlier. Okay, we're just going to drop that. Thank you. Bye. Love you.